Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network, the Authors on Fire podcast. I am Pat Rulo with a Firebird Book Award winning author to share with you today, MC Ryder. And her winning books are titled The Darkest Side of the Moon, A Dance Between Lightness and Darkness, A Darker Demise, Dark Clouds, and The Neighbors. She has been composing stories, poems, and lyrics from the beginning of time when reading became a hobby. She resides in the Keystone State with a clouder of felines who rule the house. She enjoys long trail walks during the cozy tinge of autumn, appreciates music with deep lyrical meaning, and relishes reading a variety of genres. We have a lot to talk about today. So welcome to the network, MC. Thank you, Patty, for having me and giving me this opportunity to give me a voice beyond the pages. Uh, oh, a voice beyond. I have to write that down. I love that. Thank you. I learned so much talking to all these wonderful authors. You know what? You and I have a lot in common. Many felines. How many in your clouder? I have six, and I did notice that about you, that you had um, some felines as well. I do. I have 13, and you know, just moments before this phone call, I got a, a phone call from someone who I don't know, and she said she is, she's got a senior cat who's 16 years old, and her and this family is going to Arizona for six months and wanted to know if I could watch her cat for six months and maybe keep it. I'm like, oh, my. Um, it's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, my clouder, as I like to call them, um, they were only supposed to stay with me for about two weeks, <laughs> and then we ended up keeping them. There were seven. We did find a, one at home, <laughs> luckily. But, yeah, the others, it was during kitten season. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what? I don't like when this happens to me like that because I feel like the cat now has crossed my path for a reason and that I need to do something to uh, help it. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've got that to think about. Maybe I'll have 14 cats. Who knows? <laughs> oh, my. I don't want to make the uh, <laughs> upset the ones that are already in the household. <laughs> That's very true. They're very tricky and sensitive, and you have to be oh, careful. Oh, yes. You bring in new ones, because before we brought in the clouder, we had uh, two elderly cats, and they didn't get along, and we had to keep them separated, mm -hmm. so that was hassle. <laughs> yes, yes. So I've got lots to think about, but I'll do it later. How's that? Yes. Uh, first, let me say congratulations on winning the Firebird Book Awards. Thank you. I am so uh, happy and excited. I know. I was excited. You did. You entered several books, and it occurred to me that there's obviously a reason why you decided to enter all of them and why you chose us. If there is a reason, maybe just share a little bit of that decision-making process with us. Yes, absolutely. So I was um, out on a Facebook group, and I noticed the, the Firebird Award seal on one of the books. So then, it, you know, um, curiosity killed the cat. I went uh, and found the website for Speak Up Now Radio, and I was looking at everything, and I really liked that. It was, you know, there was a charity um, twist to the awards and that um yeah, I like that there is a charity twist to the awards with the entry fee that, you know, goes to donations to people that are in, you know, difficult situations in the home shelters. 
Um, so I really like that aspect of, uh, you know, entering. So that's why I definitely entered all my books and I didn't think I would place for all of them, but um, I knew, you know, entering them all, you know, it was going to a good cause and it was completely different from other award competitions I entered. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy that you did. Um, it means a lot. You know, it means a lot to see that somebody has the faith to to enter more than one of their books. It, it spoke to me. And so that's why I, I don't typically ask people that question, but I felt like it made sense for me to ask you since you entered all of them. Well, you know, as I was reading your um, book titles, we do find a common thread in most of the titles, and that is the word dark, and that is not done by mistake. Correct. So, yeah, um, and that's why I call the series the dark series, because I made sure to have the word dark in each of the titles, and I use a different dark word. Um, And um, in the beginning, when I started writing it, it actually was over... 10 years ago when I actually started the the first one, The Darkest Side of the Moon, and um, just kind of uh, lost interest. I got frustrated because I was jumping ahead, and um, I set it aside. And then when uh, COVID-19 well, made us all, like, housebound, uh, I went, I revisited uh, The Darkest Side of the Moon, and I finished it, and then I always had... Uh, three stories in mind, and once I finished it, then I moved on to the next one, and then the next one. And in the beginning was no rhyme or reason, and then uh, a theme just came out, and uh, there were elements of my childhood with my best friend I uh, portrayed in the dark side of the moon. I actually started uh, a dream, I actually planted the seed, and then there was popular fantasy, like books and shows like Twilight and the Vampire Diaries that kind of steered me into the fantasy direction. Uh, but I wanted to make it my own. And then as I was writing it, um, it just grew stronger with the dark theme, uh, portraying, you know, dark and light and, you know, love and hate. Um, and then once, like, all the puzzle pieces you know, assemble, like my writing really took off and the series really took off from there. So much positivity as far as creativity and books came out of that time period. I think that's kind of a hallmark as far as what I witness as I'm interviewing uh, different authors is that during that time when we were all housebound and scared, that's when people really got to look inside and visit themselves and see, wow, what am I all about? And and that creativity uh, was allowed to flow simply because time was now available. And so it sounds like you were part of that. So this was quite an organic journey. You didn't really set out to do a series, just kind of mushroomed through time. Yes, it did. And um, it just the storylines grew, the arcs grew. Um, the Darkest Side of the Moon, I actually wrote in third-person narrative, and then I just didn't like it. So um, after I did a little search about second-person narrative, I decided to change it. And then I just think that it just made it more strong mm-hmm. um, as a story. And, you know, I never really read anything in second-person narrative. And... Um, I liked the way it it went, and then from there I decided, you know, why not make a trilogy, you know, in different person narratives? So then A Dance Between Light and Darkness, I wrote in third-person narrative, 
And then All I See Are Dark Clouds, everyone first person narrative, which uh, All I See Are Dark Clouds had a clear direction in the grief and overcoming grief and, the, you know, each phases of it. Which book, A Darker Demise, is that the anthology? Yeah, that's the three short stories Mm -hmm. that ties in with The Darkest Side of the Moon and A Dance Between Light and Darkness. And I just explored um, some minor characters um, and just gave them their own little story arc, Mm -hmm. a little bit of history and their character that I wasn't really able to explore in uh, The Darkest Side of the Moon. Mm -hmm. That was probably fun. Yes, it was. And, like, it made my... I learned more about my characters I was, as I was writing them and made me love them even more. <laughs> I love when people talk about their characters as if they were human characters, but in a way they are. I mean, they came from you or mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. And I always like, find that fascinating. And like when, you know, I sit down and I write, like I really put myself into their shoes and like I'm, you know, living, breathing, mm-hmm. you know, living the moment with them and, you know, certain things uh, that I wrote about, like, inspired me to, like, kind of get in that mindset. Um, and uh, all I see are dark clouds. Uh, there's a, a scene where I write about um, Tostito. So for breakfast, I would actually make Tostito, and uh, it, it's very delicious. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I was eating that for breakfast for, like, several weeks. <laughs> I don't know if someone's ever studied this or not, but this this goes way beyond imagination, the relationships between characters and the authors. It's something else. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, and really in order to create that character depth, like you really got to get into their headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and there were times where like life was frustrating because it's like, I just want to write, you know, I'm in the moment and then, you know, certain things pulled me out of it and it, you know, it got frustrating. Um, but it was like, you know, you're watching a movie and you have to pause it every five seconds. Yes. You don't get anywhere. That's so true. I don't write fiction. And even when I wrote some of my nonfiction books, which were healthcare related, I know that frustration is that when you really had that urge to put pen to paper and you had to be somewhere else doing something else, and you just felt like you were tied in a corner, unable to uh, get that, creativity out and I imagine it is so magnified when you're talking about characters yes definitely and with the dialogue too and mm-hmm. then and then there are times when you know you get those blocks where you don't know where to go and then I just go out you know outside and walk on the trails to just you know think about it and the best ideas always come when I'm out walking or driving mm-hmm. It's so true. A lot of um, renewal can happen when you're not even thinking, when you, as you say, just leave the location, especially to go outside, become immersed in nature and not even particularly think about uh, the characters or the dialogue. And all of a sudden it comes to you. It's it's a pretty neat happening. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. And there are times I, you know, some certain scenes I was in a certain place and I reacted the scenes. The cats also had a help with uh, some of the scenes, the uh, action scenes in The Darkest Side of the Moon. <laughs> I, I really throw myself into my uh, stories. <laughs> cats and all. Come on, guys. We're going on a little trip. 
I love that. Well, maybe then let's just take each of these books and just just shortly uh, give us a little peek into each one so we can entice our listeners. Sure. So The Darkest Side of the Moon, um, this has Nadine as the protagonist, and um, she's in a high school setting. There's a new student who happens to uh, start, and his name is Vince, and she does not like him right away. She's a no-nonsense kind of girl. She stands up to bullying, and she's non-impressed with Vince. Um, however, there are qualities that, you know, have her wondering he's more than what there seems to be, and um, so she uncovers, you know, the mystery behind him, which um, the other ones will spoil it. So, yeah, he is a vampire, um, and she figures that out, and there is this prophecy where she um, is a part of, which uh, she finds out. So then A Dance Between Light and Darkness, it um, picks up where the darkest side of the moon uh, ended, and Vince, um, there was a war, and they prevailed. Um, now they're working with uh, the wolves to rehabil- rehabilitate the uh, vampires that, you know, would go on binges and stuff. And um, he's also, you know, there was a war, so there were losses. So, you know, they're dealing with uh, losses there. And then there enters um, a new character, Amelia, or Mila, as she refers herself to. And she's a different kind of vampire. And there's this mystery hooded guy. They're trying to figure out who he is and what um, he's doing because there is, uh, some uh, mystery element there. Um, and then all I see are dark clouds. Um, so this is through Camille's perspective, which she was um, a part of the whole series. Um, she uh, ended up not having her friend Nadine back. And um, she's, you know, going through grief where she's trying to, you know, move on everyday life and, you know, find, you know, something to be happy about. And then there is, um, she gets attacked by these dogs, and uh, there's the mystery behind the dogs because there wasn't a random attack. It seems staged. So there's a mystery element going there behind these dogs, and... She moves forward through her grief and finding purpose and trying to solve this mystery, and um, eventually she will find her way through her grief. There's a lot here. With the vampire themes, where did that come from, and did you have to do a lot of research on that? So the vampire element, that came from, um, I was a Twilight fan back in the day, and I also enjoyed watching the Vampire Diaries. So I kind of put my own twist to the vampire uh, world, but I also wanted to make it my own. So, you know, I took some of the regular, you know, uh, information that everyone knows about vampires, and I twisted some and then made some of it work for me, and then I made some of it up, like uh, blood tears when they cry or um, other 
situations. You took your fandom and and, uh, made it your own. I did. (laughs) And that was one thing I wanted to make sure that no no one would think that I was trying to copy, Copy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, from, you know, other sources. But it's like, you know, the vampires were heavily, you know, everyone was into back in the day with Twilight and the Vampire Diaries. And, you know, that just... uh, moved it forward from the dream that I had that I portrayed in the first pages of The Darkest Side of the Moon. Mm -hmm. And I just took it in that direction then. And what about the book, The Neighbors? So The Neighbors, that's um, a side character, Zoe, from All I See Are Dark Clouds. And uh, I just give her her own little story that ties in. And she's a maternity nurse. She works at night. And she has these new neighbors, um, her first encounter, they're making noise, and she sleeps during the day, so she marches over and tells them to keep down the noise. Um, and she also has, she ha- she's very structured, she goes to work, you know, she's business there, you know, off work, she doesn't let anyone push her buttons, she, you know, tells it as it is. Um, then she meets her neighbors, and then there's an attack, and they come and rescue, uh, help her with the attack, and then she finds out that they are vampires, but they are kind of her people because she's kind of a loner. The only friend she has is um, a teacher she had in the fourth grade, Miss uh, Harris, and, um, and she just kind of doesn't, you know, associate with too many people, and she didn't have a good childhood, and so she's very structured, um, and she just fits in with their life. So that that was giving a voice to one of your side characters. Are there more books coming that are similar to that where you explore more of the side characters, or did A Darker Demise kind of take care of that? Um. Well, Darker Demise took care of the characters in The Darkest Side of the Moon and A Dance Between Light and Darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, I had always envisioned three stories, the three, sh- uh, the two short stories were just extra there. But yes, there is um, another one in, in the series. It's called um, The Dark and Enchantment, and uh, that can be expected in 2024. I'm hoping for a spring release. Um, and then there is a short story that ties in with actually all of the books, and that's called Infinity Tales. So you've got a plan. I do. <laughs> I have a plan. And then there is at least one more after that. What if you were to write outside of this genre? Is there any other that would attract you? Um, oh, yeah. I, I have another one planned that. It is already written. I just need to, you know, edit it. Um, but, yeah, after the Dark series is completed, I'm moving away from the, like, fantasy aspect and um, just, you know, going. Because one thing about being an independent author, I get the creative control mm-hmm. and I get to make my own deadlines and I don't have to rush. And one thing I've noticed about series is they start out strong and they get, you know, you can tell that they're rushed. They get tired, yeah. 
when with the dark series, I took my time. I wrote them all. Like when COVID happened, I got in the writing seat. I wrote them all back to back in the course of two years. And then, you know, certain things changed. So I was able to go back and like add things or change things. And then I pursued publishing. Um, so, and writing them all back to back, I think just made my writing, you know, stronger. Um, and I really got into my style and what works for me because a lot of, there's so many resources out there. There's so many other authors on like YouTube, like, you know, uh, giving tips about what to do, like with outlining and stuff like that. And I found that, you know, a lot of the things that other authors do doesn't work for me. Like I have to write it from beginning to end. Like with The Darkest Side of the Moon, I was writing that in part because I would see the theme and I would write it. And then when I would go back to the beginning, things would change what I wrote in like near the middle or the end. And there was certain scenes that I, um, I wrote that I love and then I ended up cutting them. So I really fell into what works for me. And um, so I have the freedom to also write whatever I want to write. If I want to stay with fantasy, I can. If I want to write um, horror, I can. If I want to write, you know, something completely different, I have that freedom. Yes, I have do. that luxury. You do. You might dip a toe in cozy mystery because you've got the, yes. you've got the cat background going for sure. Oh, yes. Then... Yeah, Infinity Tales, there is a cat in the Dark series, and he is featured in all of them. His name's Leo, and he actually was um, inspired by my elderly cat, my best friend, Tiggy, and he unfortunately crossed the Rainbow Bridge. But um, it was because of Tiggy that there is an aspect that I put (laughs) into the story for him. I'm sorry about your cat. That's always rough. It is. is. Now, just taking a complete turn, you wrote a book on bullying, how to stand up to bullying, which seems like it's coming out of left field, but I'm sure there's a story behind that. Yes, there is. So back in, let me do a little bit of background quick. So back in August of 2022, my grandma, she was building up water in her leg. She was having heart failure and took her to the hospital. She was admitted and she was there for like nearly a month. And, um, her first night she had a fall. So they kept her bed written and, you know, she was in a room where she didn't really have a window to see out to know it was night or day. So her mind went, so we, you know, took her to rehab. And then from there, when she, you know, build up strength, we learned how to like go to the bathroom we brought her home. Um, and from there, I would, I was, it was during COVID, well, it was after COVID, but I was still working from home. So I was working from home. I was taking care of her. Um, and I would go out on my breaks, make her do laps around the house, just get up and walk, um, do like foot exercises just to kind of stay mobile because she was one that she liked to sit watch tv a lot and you know she wasn't you had to kind of push her a little to you know do the things that she should have been doing um instead of staying sitting there and doing nothing and um I also would do memory card games with her and um when she went to a doctor's appointment the doctor said that well 
I was doing was working like her, you know, mine was coming back a little. She was, you know, keeping the water weight off, but then it got a little bit too cold. So she mentally checked out. And when she got a little physical, that's when it was, you know, I took a step back and, you know, I did what I could when she was willing to do it. And when she wasn't, I let her go. I didn't push her too much. And she wasn't always a pleasant person to be around, you know, my entire life I was uh, living with her. And, um, you know, she did, you know, develop some dementia. And uh, and there were times where it was very hard to um, know when, you know, was, she was acting out because she was, um, you know, because it was the dementia or she was acting out because she wasn't getting what she wanted. Um, and then there's also, you know, everyone gets bullied when they're in school, you know, in the workplace, there's bullying too. So um, I sat down and I just kind of was, you know, writing and venting and just collecting my thoughts, anything about bullying and, you know, putting it to words just to get out because writing to me, uh, I've discovered it's therapeutic and it also gives me a voice. And I hadn't actually um, thought of even publishing it, but when I went back and reread what I was writing, I was like, this could, you know, help someone mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I can't not publish it. So I, you know, got it finished and published it as soon as I could. That's a fascinating story because I don't think many people would associate bullying with, say, like a grandparent giving you a hard time. But... Yeah, especially when you didn't know if it was coming from her just giving you a hard time or if it was coming from the dementia. I took care of my mom for nine years, and there were times that got a little bit rough, and it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. I never I never thought of it, though, because you always think of being bullied as a kid or, you know, maybe like in the workplace, but mm-hmm. as an elderly, uh, being a caretaker for an elder, elderly person who maybe takes advantage of that relationship. That is, that is interesting. Yes. Yep. Wow. Well, you've in general gotten great feedback on all of your books. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You have, you have. And, you know, writing to me, like I, I, I mentioned there, you know, therapeutic and it gives me a voice and, you know, I take writing very um, serious as a job, as an author, just, because I want to teach through my writing, teach through my experience, but, like, put it in, you know, you know, fictionalize it a little bit and just, you know, everyone has, you know, light and darkness, um, you know, the world, you know, there's always a war going on between love and hate. And, like, there's one line that I wrote that I keep kind of uh, hinting at in a couple of the books and um, even on the darkest of nights, the sun still rises and that quote that actually helped me through my dark time when Mm -hmm. I was um helping my grandma with her and unfortunately she she did pass I'm sorry wow well you're a good person to take care of her that way it is not an easy job especially when there's rough times like that so you could you always have that you know no matter what you always know that you did the right thing despite the behavior and the way you were treated that means a lot and I know I made a difference because, you know, near her her last day, she had a fall. 
And then she broke down and she apologized mm. and she asked for forgiveness. And then later that evening, that's when she passed. Oh, my. So it's like, I know she found peace yep. with me. Yep. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. So much goes on in a life, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, my friend, we covered quite a bit. Anything we missed? No, I think we covered it all. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh, it's my pleasure. If you would, then share all contact information where folks can find out more and get copies of your books. Yes, so my official website is mcwriterauthor.com. I'm on Facebook. I have a page um, and also regular. Um, I'm also on Twitter, mcwriter.com. Zero, uh, Instagram, MC, Ry- MC Rider Zero, and I have a Pinterest, MC Rider Zero. And zero, as I just call it, is very original. <laughs> ah, there you go. I like that. <laughs> All righty. Well, we're speaking with multi award winning author, MC Rider. The website is mcriderauthor.com. Rider is spelled R Y D E R. Well, I am so happy we had this opportunity to meet and chat and uh, look forward to any and all upcoming books. Thank you for taking the time to share with us and thank you for entering your books into the Firebird Book Awards. It means a lot to me. Yes, and thank you for having me and letting me have a voice beyond pages. A voice beyond the pages. Thank you. That's going to be a tagline given credit to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pat. Have a good one.